get the full bonfire experience on your screen youtube.com slash bonfire sports thumbs up subscribe you'll know when we're live enjoy the games The Winnipeg Blue Bombers won a squeaker, and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders surprised a lot of people. But was their win in CFL Week 11 help for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? Did put them in first place in the West all alone over the BC Lions? Or is it maybe to the Blue Bombers' detriment as the Riders now have a bye with some good feelings going into their... They'll be rested for the Labor Day Classic and the Banjo Bowl. What's going on, everybody? Welcome inside Bonfire Sports. This is Bonfire Midweek. Lots to get to on the show today. There is your lineup right there. We will go around the league. The one and only multi-talented, bruh, Drew Wolitarski will join us. Blue Bombers receiver, but far from the only thing the multi-talented man does. We'll get the latest on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Zach Kolaris, Brandon Alexander, and how they look going into Thursday night's matchup at IG Field against the Montreal Alouettes, who they're coming off a a pretty dramatic win, but they're going to have a huge change in their lineup. We'll get into that as well. Look ahead to CFL Week 12. Zach Schnitzer will have his sober second thoughts, as he always does. So let's bring in the young man. Schnitzy, how you doing? What's going on? How was your week? Week was good, and I had the kids all day today. So I, I was trying to keep them out of the house while my wife did some stuff for our reno, and uh, we were running out of things to do. So I discovered, for the first time ever, the McDonald's Play Place, Darren. Okay. Apparently, they are an endangered species now. COVID rendered many of them closed. But we did find one on on Ellis and St. James, and it was it was crazy. It was crazy town. There was like 20 kids there. Oh, my God. We we actually we were supposed to have ordered something to, to be able to be there. Um, but we you did. didn't care. I didn't care. It was it was crazy. But I think we'll go back, especially in the winter. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you you called me while this was happening, and I couldn't yeah. barely make out what you were saying. The screams, I'm sure you could hear from outside the McDonald's building. So, uh, you know, oh, enjoy. Yeah. I, you won't find me anywhere near there. But where you will find me is at IG Field on Thursday night. Huge game upcoming between the Bombers and the Alouettes. Uh, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into... Uh, a lot, frankly, on the program today. I'm really looking forward to this conversation with Drew Wolitarski, who's going to uh, check in real soon. Bruh. <laughs> Bruh. 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 Okay, someone on the Firestarters chat, count how many times he says bruh. Yeah, I like it. That's a good count. idea. Yeah. yeah, make it a drinking game. <laughs> well, in the least, right? Yeah. Uh, okay, I want to make sure I've uh, I've got this right. So... Here we go. There's our lineup. Nope. And by the by go. the way, buddy, so I got it right. I was I was cheering for Saskatchewan. <laughs> I would never usually cheer for Saskatchewan. I was cheering mm-hmm. for them to beat BC. I I much rather have sole possession of first place in the West Division, which gives you a better chance of getting that precious first round bye, buddy. I don't care if I was cheering for the Riders, and I'd rather have them all fat. And happy 
and sass. What is it? Fat and sassy? Fat and happy. Uh, I don't know where sassy comes from. Maybe that's sassy, McDonald's but... play place. Fat yeah, and maybe. Happy. Lots of sass. Little sass. Lots of lots of chicken nuggets and sass. But anyway, I'd rather bring them back down to earth. I mean, how how good does that feel when it when the, the when you get the riders in Labor Day and they're feeling all good about themselves because they just upset BC and you crush them? I mean, that'll be great. I love it. Everybody I, wins. I get that. I get that. However. Like the Saskatchewan Rough Riders were at a juncture of their season where nothing was going right. And they're down to their third string quarterback. And it, it appeared like all hope was lost. You know, you, you can look at the CFL standings and see that, you know, had Saskatchewan lost that game, they would be four and six. They are yeah. five and five. And they now go into a bye. They get an opportunity to rest while Winnipeg has to take on one of the top teams in the league in the Montreal Alouettes. And then it's the Banjo Bowl or Labor Day Classic Banjo Bowl back-to-back series. So to me, this was an advantage for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders because going into a bye, feeling good, coming off a win, having some hope, some belief is very valuable compared to going into a bye week. Oh my God, you know, we're sub five, we're two games under 500. And, you know, we're, we're looking up at everyone else in the standings and Calgary can catch us and we're on our third string quarterback and we I don't know if we can win another game. Now we got to go against the Bombers two straight games. I think it is a huge mentality shift to have Saskatchewan go into that bye week to rest feeling good. Yeah, well, good, uh, good for them. But just like I said, all, all, all the better to beat them down because they're starting to feel good about themselves. But we also have film now on Dalagala. I, I don't know how Dalagala, like that guy played out of his mind. Played well. He played well. Do you want to uh, quickly go around the CFL? Jamie, good to see you from uh, joining us from Andrew, Alberta. Good to oh. see everybody in the live chat. Welcome. Appreciate you joining us. Uh, do Dude, you want to mention programming is- note? This is important. Programming note. What? Uh, game day Winnipeg with the one and only Chris Walby will not go Wednesday at three o'clock. It will go Thursday morning. I think we might even get it going as early as 9 a.m., maybe 9.30. Uh, Walby's got some other commitments, some charity events to go to. I think he's uh, he's playing pickleball or he's playing um, uh, croquet or something. I'm not even joking. Um, but he's he's got those commitments. So uh, game day Winnipeg, don't fret. If you don't see it following Winnipeg Sports Talk tomorrow, it will go Thursday morning, a true pregame on game day ahead of uh, Bombers Alouettes uh, Thursday night. So, uh, Zach, let's, uh, what do you say? Let's take a, a trip around the Canadian let's football. Let's do it. Okay. So, uh, it all started on Thursday night, and something that nobody was really expecting to happen on the road, and that was the Edmonton Elks capturing their first victory of the season. Trey Ford, the top-rated quarterback by Pro Football Focus this past week, he was very good. Yeah, you see Taylor Cornelius's name there, but he just came in on kind of a uh, uh, a trick play, trying to catch the um, uh, the Hamilton Tiger Cats off guard. But I'll tell you what, Zach, the Tiger Cats are in trouble. They are struggling right now. They could not protect Taylor Powell, their young backup quarterback that's uh, obviously playing uh, for the injured Matthew Schiltz and the injured Bo Levi Mitchell. Um, no word on when those players will return. Powell was okay, but the O-line atrocious. 
They actually got the run game going, but that's all they could really do. Uh, James Butler uh, with 114 yards on the ground. The Ticats, big expectations this year, Zach. Real big expectations. But the reality is they have lost their star quarterback. They have had a brutal go of the first half of the season. And the Grey Cup is in Hamilton this year. They went out and spent in free agency. They went out expecting to be a competitive team and vie for a Grey Cup on home turf. They lost the last one in overtime a couple years ago to the Blue Bombers. They wanted to make up for that. It's kind of all got that dream is looking pretty, pretty narrow right now. What's what's their record now? I don't even know. Like, how bad are they? The uh, the Hamilton here, I'll pull it up. The Hamilton Tiger Cats are, um, they're three and six. Ooh. So there is your, uh, CFL East division standings. Toronto still at seven and one, uh, Montreal, their, uh, late dramatic victory last week. Uh, they're six and three Hamilton, three and six Ottawa, three and seven. Uh, I, I can't say I was expecting Hamilton and Ottawa to be at the bottom of the standings midway through the season, but, uh, but here we are. And then, of course, yeah, the West. everyone had Montreal at the bottom, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, the West, of course, Winnipeg now alone in first place with BC losing yeah, uh, to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, which well, really was uh, was probably the I don't know if I would say the game of the week, but that um, that Saskatchewan BC game was a dramatic one uh, mm -hmm. with the way the Riders were able to uh, hang on and, and win Jake Dolagala. Uh, 239 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. I don't think you could ask for a better quarterback performance than that. Yeah. How, how was, how was he not rated higher than, uh, than Trey Ford in the pro football focus rankings? It didn't seem like Trey Ford was all that amazing. He, he had over less than 150 yards passing. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, those are, those are the geniuses. We just, uh, yeah, we, we, we just, just follow follow suit right uh well you know what i think we have a special guest and for some no reason the the chime didn't happen so i apologize but let's uh let, let's bring the young man in here he is the one and only guitar man himself yo, yo. Joe I feel old. i'm young but i feel old today bro <laughs> you're feeling old today how come hard, hard day of practice day three man it's, it's midway through the season okay I'm okay good. how you guys doing yeah, doing well, Drew. Thanks for joining us uh, on on Bonfire Midweek. Uh, about the guitar, I thought this was a real bonfire, bro. I thought we were about to be playing some tunes. Oh yeah, I am so it. glad. I am so yeah. glad. Maybe before we get to that, no, I'm kidding. We're Zach is really excited to uh, to talk with you and has some questions for you. So I'll let him fire away. Uh, well, I had a bunch of questions, and then I saw the guitar, so I'm like, what would be more entertaining? I'm just in my room chilling, bro. That's why. You don't want to play us a lick of something? Yeah, let's hear a lick. Uh, you know what this song is, bro. I think all Peckers know that one, dude. Nice. Love it. Well, I, well, let, let me ask you about your music, Drew. First of all, welcome to Bonfire. And we are, we are, um, you know, metaphorically all sitting around the bonfire. I yeah. met you in person because you're a fan favorite. Everybody loves you, Drew. Met you good. at events and you're, you always make time for people. So Winnipeggers sure. love that. Um, what, in, what inspires them? You know, you were just playing music. What inspires your music? 
Oh man, a lot of things. I think just life in general, bro. Um, you know, I've go through a lot of emotions in the year, especially during the season. I think for me, it's just a way to just calm down, come back from the day. You know, it's every day is a, a big competitive day there, you know, with the Bombers and it's an adrenaline high, bro. And it's an adrenaline high job. So for me, this is kind of the yin to the yang, you know, and uh, do a lot of, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Played it for them at the cabin. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a way to calm down, man. Decompress, I like to do yoga as well. A lot of the guys on the team doing yoga now too. And it's just been like, oh really? Yeah, yeah, it's been nice, man. It's, um, we need a way to, to regroup, restore ourselves. So when we go out there, we can be clear, we can be full speed and all that. Yeah, it's 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 a totally different process than than playing or practicing or playing, right? So it probably gets your mind right. It does, man. No, it's really meditative. I actually picked it up here in Winnipeg, so I'm like super, super uh, grateful for that, man. Would have probably never learned if not coming here. Were, were you, you musical before up? that, though? What? I was. Like, I like to sing, and, you know, I had a bunch of buddies who were, like, in bands, but I was always in football, so I just never thought, you know, I would be in wow. that in that world. So, um, yeah, no, it was a big transition. It's made me a better football player, honestly. It really has, man. Just by making you feel more grounded, you mentioned that it's meditative. Is it like a focus a, thing? A timing aspect. Like also, you know, when you do something your whole life, um, for me, that was football. You don't realize like how far you've come in it, I guess. Um, and you kind of like stop, you lose the will to like keep learning. Right. Cause you're like, well, I've already, I'm already at the best I can be. Right. That's what your mindset is as a kid whatever. But That's when cool. I was learning guitar, I was like, damn, like there's infinite stuff to learn on this instrument. And I saw myself improving and I saw myself improving. And really all it was was like intentional time I was putting into it. And I had this light bulb idea like, hey, what if like I went to practice and didn't just go through the practice? What if I like actually intentionally like worked on stuff, did some different things, like was more creative at practice, et cetera, et cetera. And um, yeah, definitely changed my game. Definitely changed my game. Timing is so important in music. Um, timing is so important in football. I don't know, like it just rewired something. That's crazy. That's so yeah, cool. No kidding. Yeah. So so there's a, so there's another musician on the Bombers, BA. Yeah. Do you guys ever talk music or 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 even do you think you might collaborate at a certain yeah, point? So funny enough, um I I listened to his album, his newest album. I went over to his house, we listened together because I like hearing about the stories behind the songs and all that. So we listened to his whole album and then um, we, were, we were working on a song together. Um, this was like probably preseason before the season really started. Um, and we haven't really gotten back to it, but I'd be really uh, interested to see where that goes, that little collab. Um, I think it could be really cool. Uh, just, I don't know, we've been, we've been grinding, dude. And all the ideas that I have before the season, I'm like, I'm gonna do all this stuff. Oh, uh, it's like, it always, it always gets put on the on the back burner, bro, because I just put everything into this. He does too. And so I'm excited though to keep uh to keep seeing where that goes. That'd be great. Do you and we, Brandon Alexander ever like meet across the middle at practice and like <laughs> you know, uh like he's guarding you, you're trying to catch the ball and you have a, a uh, musical moment? <laughs> to start singing to each other? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, you know what? I really don't really see him in practice. I'm on the outside. Me and Winston Rose out there. We see a lot of each other. I don't really see BA too much, man, but I don't think we're really thinking like that in practice, but I like the idea. (laughs) So, so I'm getting the sense you don't have a lot of free time during the season, uh, Drew, but when you do in, in Winnipeg, whether it's the summer or the fall or even early winter, what is your favorite thing to do in the peg? I love the lakes. I love the lakes, dude. And I, I love the restaurants too. 
I'm a big food guy. Like, you know, my treat to myself is food. Like I'll eat some, I'll eat some good food. And, uh, I do love the lakes though. Like I've just actually got introduced to Lake Manitoba recently. Um, never been there, but like been there last two weeks and really love the entire kind of vibe of the place. Very quiet, very secluded, um, shallow water, very clean. Um, yeah, dude, I, I just really love the lakes. I love the food here. I love the people super kind. There's a lot of stores though that trip me out. Like, um, Canadian tire. That just is a funny story to me, man. Like I never understood when I got here, like, what do they do in there? When it, you know, like, this has everything in the world, bro. Like this is a the brick. Like, I don't even know what the brick is. I, I literally don't know. I've never been in there, but is it like a, is it like a, a store where you buy? It's, a, it's a furniture store. Hey, we just got bricks here, bro. Like, yeah. Canadian tire. I roll up. It's like a Walmart. I'm like, I don't think they do yeah. that here. Have you ever been to a Princess Auto? Princess Auto, yeah. I've done some signings there before, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of like, you know, Canadian Tire on steroids. It is, it is, exactly. That's another one, dude. <laughs> it's just an interesting spot, so, you know. I just didn't grow up with them, so they just caught me off guard a little bit. Yeah, you're right. Canadian Tire is an odd one. It's It doesn't uh, necessarily tell you what's in the store. Is there a, is there a, a <laughs> restaurant you've tried recently that you really liked? Or ones that's your favorite, like a go-to? Yeah, so... Like a quick pinch, I need quick food. I'm going to Vera Pizza in Osborne. Um, Solid. Love the pizza. Yeah, super good. I like Hearth Tavern too. I think Hearth is uh, on St. Anne's, kind of like hidden, tucked away. Always, always don't make a reservation and always go in and there's no seats, but they always find me like a little pizza bar spot. So I'm always so happy. Um, and I imagine then, like, you got a little bit of pull when you, when you pop into a place in Winnipeg. I don't even need to use it, bro, but I will if I have to. Uh, nice. <laughs> Yeah, man. I don't know. Like those two spots I really like a lot. I like some Indian food, East India Company downtown. Like I've been repping that for a long time. Um, that's like a big change up. Some Thai places on uh, on Pembina that are good. Yeah, I just yeah. I change that every week. Yeah. Nice. So you've you've had four touchdowns and almost 400 yards receiving this year already, you know, switching to football here. Yeah. What is working so well for you and, and Zach, uh, especially in the red zone? Uh, yeah, man, it's been a hot start, you know, and it just is that way. Sometimes it happens that way. And uh, I think just, you know, being in position and, and, you know, getting his trust, being in the right place at the right time, continually practicing and practice out. It really does. It all happens at practice, man. And, and he has to trust you're going to be in the spot you are in practice in the game. Right. So if you're not doing it in practice, you know, I don't know if anyone would trust that you're going to do in the game. Right. So. I think that's kind of part of it. Um, you know, other than that, I'm just using my creativity, trying to be open every play. So when the ball does come, like it looks, it looks like, you know, it's easy. Right. And and that's, that's our goal is to make it look easy, even though it's not. Um, I couldn't tell you, man, it's just been a lot of things. Football's crazy. Some, some years are a lot, you know, more productive than other years. Um, mm -hmm. You know, stats, they don't always speak about the game. You know, like you said, uh, talking about Edmonton and all that, like stats don't always speak to the game because um, when you watch games, you can see like which plays carry momentum, which game, which plays spark the team back to life. Right. So like all the all this like betting stuff and, and points the players getting and like that being the indicator of like how well did a player do? I don't really agree with that. I think for betting purposes, it makes sense and it's easy. Uh, for people to to wager on that kind of stuff, 
But at the end of the day, like it's not reality um, in the game. Like you can make one play in a game and it could be the, the play that really transitions the game. Like let's think about Janarian Grant's punt return in Sask, right? Mm-hmm. Like he had probably what a couple returns in the game. Like they're good. I'm sure they're good returns, but like that one play, sparked the entire like that sparked the entire league right so it's like maybe his grade wasn't the highest of the week of returners or whatever but that one play like that will be remembered for that'll be on a highlight reel forever well, and, forever and you know what i'm saying so like yeah you know i get all the stat stuff like it's nice to have touchdowns it's nice to score but at the same time like that's not how we're perceiving the game that's not how the players are perceiving the game um, and that's not really what like brings the hype and energy to a team. Right. So, well, it's I don't it, know, initial question, but, oh yeah, yeah. it's been well, a good start. Yeah. It, it's like your coach says, right. Mike O'Shea says it often comes down to one or two plays in a game and one team will make six or seven plays and the other team will make seven or eight plays. And that's yep. the team that wins. They make one yeah. more play than the other. So you're not worried about, like you're saying, not worried about scoring touchdowns as much yeah. as you're worried about just making plays, making your block, making, uh, you know, your read, whatever it might be. Like, yeah, great example last week against Calgary, you know, no one scores. Right. So it's like this really frustrating offensive game. It's a defensive game. And it comes down to that last third and one and a half where if we don't get that one and a half on the wedge, like we're losing the game, they're going to kick a field goal and win. So it's like, no matter how frustrated we are throughout the game, you know, no, no one's getting the targets they want. No one's getting the yardage they want. Obviously we all want more, right? That's just, we're driven individuals who've done a lot to be here. Right. So we got to swallow that pride and we got to say to ourselves, Hey, we got one last play that we got to give this all. If we want to come away with this win, like, let's forget about everything let's swallow our ego let's put our pride aside do what needs to be done let's do it got it game over right and you did it that's that one play more that's that one play more that's well and it speaks the timing right it's sometimes that not the play of whether it's a score or not but it's the timing of something Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely and you don't know when the time is going to come you don't know when that play is coming so it's like if you're in your head about not getting the ball about not doing this not doing it's like when that play comes you want to you don't want to be thinking about all that trash like you want to be locked in be ready to make that play and that's something you got to learn as a rookie to becoming a vet like mm-hmm. it takes patience this game is patience bro it's frustrating it's patience like you just got to just keep with it man yeah i imagine like if you keep like in in calgary if you keep running your routes 100 percent and the ball's not coming it would be easy to sort of just get in your head about it get frustrated but but you yeah. but you never know when that play's coming so you got to be you got to stay yeah. present just like just like when you're playing guitar it's meditative it's all about staying mm-hmm. present so i see how the two uh sort of link there last one for me we always hear o'Shea and and the players talking about playing for your brother and and I, since I have you here, I want to ask you, um, is that almost more important than winning or does it go hand in hand with winning? I think it's a, a beyond winning. It's a, I think we do win because we believe in that. But when we do lose, like it's one thing that we always say, like, just stick to the process, right? Let's not point fingers now. We don't point fingers when we're winning. We don't point fingers when we're losing. Like, let's just stay here. It's a hard game. It's hard to win, man. And we've had really, really successful seasons. And uh, maybe we're getting spoiled a little bit, but it's like the games we have lost, you know, they've been frustrating losses to BC. Like we hadn't lost like that in a while. So that was really frustrating for us, right? Um, Our loss to Ottawa, like just something so preventable that we felt like 
we let slip away. Now that, that one hurt more, I think. Um, but these are lessons. And, and it's like when you win, like last year, you know, we didn't really have too many losses. We had one in Hamilton and, you know, it was, I don't know, like it felt like that BC game. Like we just didn't show up and you need at least one or two of those a year. And every team gets one. It's like you, you come in, you can't just show up. You can't just show up and, and win. Like it's too hard. So for us, like, that's it. And, and, you know, play for your brother, do it for your brother. Like it makes more sense to do it for your teammates than it does for like, do it for the company, do it for the money, do it for this. It's like, I, I'm not driven by that. A lot of guys aren't driven by that. Like it doesn't like, you know, at the end of the day, this is a business, right. And, and we're playing for the business. A lot of us, you know, aren't going to be here forever. The business will go on. We won't, right. We won't be here. So like, in the moment, it makes more sense to play for your brother. It, it puts more on the line. It matters more. It makes it worth more. Um, so I think that's why we say it. You know, it, it's not to like, it's not some kind of cheat code. It's not some upper edge. It's just like it, it gives it more value. And I feel like when you put your value into something and when you care about something, you you work harder for it. Yeah. Real yeah. talk. Well said, Drew Wolitarski, receiver of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, joining us here on Bonfire Sports. You got a last one, Zach? No, that was it. That's it, man. I, he right. drew drew answered it so well. I don't even have anything yeah. to follow it up. He's just right on, brothers. Well, I'm gonna keep uh, jamming, man, and I appreciate y'all having me, dude. Well, yeah, you, well, you got a moment to to stick around. Oh, yeah, I have absolutely. a question for you. Oh, for sure, my bad. Go ahead, my bad. I, I want to know what you and your teammates like. Is there a different feel in the huddle, like when Drew Brown is running things and and when Zach Kolaris is running things, like? clearly both very capable quarterbacks capable yeah. of winning capable of leading uh but i imagine the personalities are are different of course everybody's are uh but yeah. what's it like in the huddle with each of those guys how would you describe them so zach is for me like it's an older soul bro like i look up to him i feel like we rely a lot on him we lean on him a lot um, as a leader and, and, and as a man, right? And so he's been through everything. He's been through highs. He's been through the lows. Like there's nothing that I can really say to Zach that he hasn't been through or heard or whatever, right? So like he's a mentor to me, right? And when Drew's in the huddle, I feel more like I need to step up and be a mentor and I need to guide and I need to like talk through things. Like he's a great quarterback, bro. He makes great plays. I told him like, you're a special kid, man. You're a special kid. But at the same time, like, I feel like I had to bring more to the game. I had to bring more leadership to the game because, like, I want him to be able to lean on me. I want him to be able to lean on us as a receiving core. So, like, even before the game, just talking to the receivers, like, hey, listen, like, we need to run harder for this guy. We need to block harder. We need to be in our spots faster. Like, let's make it as easy as we can so he doesn't feel overwhelmed by the, by the situation, right? Because he did come into a hard situation, and he did a great job. So I would just say that's the difference. Like Zach just has this natural, it's it's not natural. It, it came from over the years, but like leadership role. Right. And it's like, when, when the, when the old vet is out, it's like, we got to step up now. Like we are those old guys, you know what I'm saying? And I don't mean old as in a bad way, but like the vets. Right. So yeah, I would just say that's the difference. Both of them very capable on the field, like X's and O's all good. Right. But it's more of like, you know, what we need to do to adapt to bring us back to that that level. Drew, you, you mentioned a little bit earlier about, you know, uh, focusing on winning and focusing on, on playing for your brother and that sort of thing. I, I can't imagine guys 
arrive in Winnipeg with that mentality, with those values. So when you were new to this team, who did you learn from? And second part to that question is now that you are one of those old guys, one of those vets, yeah. uh, are you and other veteran guys passing that knowledge on? Does it, does it become kind of a cyclical thing? Absolutely. Um, I came in 2017. And for me, I had Weston Dressler. I had Darvin Adams. Like those were my guys. Weston was more of the guy to stay back, watch film with me, like walk through things. And Darwin was that guy and guy who just like took you under his wing. Like you don't mess with my guy, bro. Like on the field, you don't mess with my guy, you know? And it was like that protective kind of like battle for anyone. He'll like, he'll, he'll do anything for your team. Right. So those two guys combined, very different personalities, very different players. Right. And, um, you know, she reminds me a little of Darwin, like on our team now. And I would say I'm more like Weston now on our team or like, you know, I'm more relaxed. I'm more laid back. I'm going to watch film. I'm going to, I'm going to talk like pretty easy with you. And she does like that, you know, energy, like mm -hmm. he'll get in your face. He'll tell you how it is like, you know, in his own way, whether it is or not that way, um, which you have to respect, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he is that, that kind of like that gritty force. Right. And, um, I would just say like, those are kind of the roles that I, I saw and, and we, you know, we have so many guys, we have Patty, we have Big Hill, we have Willie, you know, every, every position BA, like every position has a guy who like has taken that on upon themselves. So anyone going, coming in, any rookie, like in that room, there's somebody to, to teach him. And, and, and it's not even like, it's a ver vocal, vocal thing. It's like, you just watch these guys work. You watch us work and you don't have a choice. Like you just see the amount we put in and be like, wow. Okay. Like this is what it takes to be on this team. And I'm, I'm about to give that effort because I want to be on this team. I want to win. That's pretty cool. You got another song in you, Drew? Yeah, man. I'll play you a little riff I've been working on, dude. I ain't oh. got lyrics yet, but... An original, sound okay. Sound terrible. This is my little riff I've been working on, dude. Something a little beachy, you know, something a nice light. I got these super corny cheese uh, sound effects, like so <laughs> cheesy, it. but had to use it there because I don't think just Zach and I clapping for you would do it justice. Everybody in the live chat loving, loving your music, man. That was awesome. Thank you. That was sweet. How long have you been playing? Like, I can't believe you just started playing. No, I didn't just start. This has been seven years. I've been here a long time, bro. Eight years. Again, oh, I guess you have, eh? That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. eight years seven years oh my god years, i didn't realize years, it. seven years yeah yeah well and and drew wow. like you're a quote-unquote canadian or national yeah, yeah you know yeah. the pseudo canadian us media types like to refer to you know some of you american-born guys that are that are canadian yeah. by cfl standards uh how sure. do you kind of classify yourself because i know in cfl locker rooms 
guys know if a guy is is Canadian or or not. Yeah. Uh, man, you know, I've been in Canada for seven years. I'd say the last four years, I've pretty much lived in Winnipeg. Um, besides some like traveling and, and vacation time to get out of here during February, sure. January time. No offense, but, uh, no, we're with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I definitely see myself and you know, I've talked to my fiance, like this is somewhere like, I don't know, Winnipeg or whatever, but like Canada as in general is a place that we, we want to kind of like settle down into, um, just, you know, safety and, and raising kids and all this stuff. Like, you know, we really enjoy it here. We enjoy the people. We enjoy the, the kind of the, the demeanor of, of how things go and, and the energy and the flow. So I definitely see myself as Canadian, man. I ha- I really don't go back to the U.S. very often. And um, when I do, I'm ready to come right back. So yeah, I'm really happy, bro. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I My parents are from Canada. My grandparents were from Canada. And it feels like good to be the one in my family to like come back and put some roots down again and, and kind of like continue that cycle as, as we were talking about, you know, it does go in cycles and it's special, man. It's special. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. Thank you guys. Appreciate it, man. It's been yeah. a good show, bro. This is awesome. I didn't even know you ran this man. Oh, Hey, it's great. Well, of course. Yeah. Of course. You, we, 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 you don't call, you don't write. <laughs> oh, bro. Well, maybe, Hey, you know, I'll, I'll dab you up at, uh, at walkthrough tomorrow. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll have yeah. a, a good chat, but I know Schnitzi was really happy, uh, to, to get a chance to ask you some questions tonight. Right on Schnitz. Thanks. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah. You too, man. Season ticket holder, 25 years. So I, I love it. And you're one of my all time faves. And I know Sandy on the chat and Tamara and some others just, they, him, they're man. probably just crying. They're probably crying right now. <laughs> Sandy, Sandy came to all my shows, all my music shows, man. She used to come to Cork and Flame every weekend, bro. So, hey, Sandy, appreciate you. Real That's one. Awesome. Well, thanks, Drew. Appreciate, uh, right, appreciate you, you taking the time. Night, and uh, Go Good luck Thursday night. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. I'll see you tomorrow. You bet. Right, Drew Wolitarski, receiver for your Winnipeg Blue Bombers, joining us here on Bonfire Sports. Uh, that was awesome. That oh guy God, is an oh insightful God, oh guy. Oh, my God. Are you fanning? Yes, the- yeah, I'm Are you fanning, fanning like, right now? He is insightful. And I love what he said about uh, football and guitar sort of riffing off each other. Yeah. And how, how it makes him a better player. It made so much sense in terms of how he's able to stay present and timing and creativity. Uh, yeah, that was that was sweet. No doubt. And everybody in the live chat loving uh, seeing Drew Wolitarski on uh yeah. on the program that was great that he got to, to play a little music for us mm-hmm. and uh talk a little football talk a little bit about canada to a guy that was you know born and raised in california right and went right. to school at the university of minnesota so he's kind of seen two very different geographical areas of the united states now showing the appreciation his california um you know his his girlfriend his fiance from california i believe so uh them settling in winnipeg it's almost like, you know, we were talking about with Jamarcus Hardrick here on the program a couple of weeks ago that yeah. you don't know what you got here until you realize it, like what other people have, right? There's a lot. Yeah. There is almost too much to love about uh, about Winnipeg and, and Canada. I only counted three bros or bro, bros. Yeah, maybe he dialed it back. Bros. I think he dialed it back. And yeah. Maybe someone on the chat can, can confirm, but I only dialed up uh, three. Only three? only three. Yeah. Any a couple dudes? Dude. Dude. 
Well, I know. I should have asked him about Strevi. Someone on the chat said, "Why didn't you ask him about Strevi?" But yeah, we've heard right. him talk about Strevi before. We know, right? Um, well, Chris Strebler played a little bit of like I think there were roommates, right? When they were with the Golden like Gophers, that, yeah. And Maybe. it was Chris. Stre- that was before Chris Strebler played a lot of quarterback. So they were both these big body receivers that kind of played tight end or the American slot back spot. It was uh you know, they, they almost played the yeah. same position, like effectively, That's right? That's crazy. No kidding. No kidding. Well, yeah, we look towards uh, Thursday and the Bombers hosting the Montreal Alouettes and uh, Drew Olitarski and company uh, looking to add another W to the win column and uh, maybe put a little bit of distance between themselves and the BC Lions. Um, we were in the midst of kind of going around the league. So um, should we get back to it? Let's do it. Okay. So. Uh, there, I have Montreal, the Montreal Alouettes depth chart up. That's from last week. The from new one won't week, come yeah. out until tomorrow morning. But uh, it was, yeah, we were talking about the uh, the Riders-Lions game. Um, this was the Saturday game. And man, this did not disappoint. What an unbelievably entertaining football game between the Alouettes and the Ottawa Red Blacks. Uh, Caleb Evans was just the catalyst of the good and the bad. And it was late in the game that Caleb Evans threw a interception, what thought was to be an interception in the end zone that would have all but sealed the win for Ottawa and a penalty negated it. He gets another opportunity and mounts, uh, you know, completes the comeback uh, against the Ottawa Red Blacks, the Alouettes uh, defense did not play particularly well. Dustin Crum didn't do a lot with his arm, but it was the legs of Crum and Terrell Pigram, as well as uh, Devontae Williams and, and Jackson Bennett. Uh, they really kind of spread the ball around. But it, Zach, this game, I think you could almost put in the textbook of what CFL football can bring. It was just an awesome game. Yeah, I mean, we had that crumb back game where they came back against us, and now it happened to them. Like, this game was in the bag with three minutes left. Mm-hmm. And wow, the Caleb Evans, just that walk-off. Well, it wasn't quite walk-off, but it was almost a walk-off touchdown, rushing touchdown for him. And you got to feel for Ottawa because they've lost all these close games. like Just like I, last like, year. Yeah, just like last year. And um you got. I feel for the fans. Uh, I just because that was a home game for Ottawa, so the fans saw that, and uh, that kind of deflates you. And now they're they're three and seven. They're really um, scraping the bottom of the barrel of the league, uh, despite the fact that they've been in all these games. Yeah, it's it's really been something to uh, see the CFL East and how it has shaken out. Uh, that loss just puts Ottawa four games under five hundred. But you know, obviously, everyone. Uh, those two teams in the East fighting for that third playoff spot. I I wouldn't put it past Montreal right now to be able to catch the Toronto Argonauts. They are out of bye weeks. We're at the midway point of the season. They've already had three. Uh, The Alouettes could easily, uh, you know, start making something happen. And and that said, Zach, uh, to, you know, wrap up CFL week 11, it was a squeaker of a win for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Drew Brown, uh, was serviceable 
I would say in relief of Zach Kolaris, far from the uh, four touchdown, 300 yard, 22 point comeback performance in relief of Kolaris last week in Edmonton. But, uh, you know, we kind of saw two faces of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in this game, offensive dominance and then offensive uh, kind of flatness. And the defense, I thought, overall played pretty well. But if there was one group in this game, one phase of the game that impressed me the most, it was the Calgary Stampeders defense. I'm not going to apologize for, you know, Drew Brown's meddling numbers, but I will say this. If Zach Kolaris started that game for Winnipeg, I don't think it's a wildly different game. Maybe able to connect on one more touchdown, like a deep shot or something like that. But the way Calgary played was more impressive to me than Drew Brown playing poorly. I I don't understand people who think Drew Brown, um, you know, was exposed or something to that effect. No, and he talked about that on the on the post game, right? Like he he wouldn't go into details of what Calgary was doing, but he said, you know, that that they took a lot of his looks away. They just played good defense and they game plan for him. And fair enough. They had, they also had a week of film on him again, you know, in his game against Edmonton, but he admitted that, that they, and a lot of the players admitted that Calgary just played really good defense and it didn't surprise any of them actually. So we were, you know, we were lucky to get out with a win. Um, Calgary makes one more play like they, they had the opportunity maybe six or seven times to make a play, whether it was a, a field goal that doinked the bar or a field goal right. that just was short or a dropped interception or a drop pass like Hakavanu, uh, Hakuna, what is it? You nailed it. Hakuna Vanu. Hakuna Vanu. Yeah. He dropped a short touchdown. He was at the five yard line. No one was around him. So, I mean, they. They really, uh, Calgary, Trey Roberson. one of those plays, Trey Roberson dropped a uh, sure dropped interception. interception. If they make yeah. one of those plays, they probably win. But, uh, hey, they don't, they don't say how, they just say how many, right? Yeah. Cliche. Yeah. And for Winnipeg, it is, it is eight, uh, which is a, a nice number to have, um, sure at, is, at this baby. point in the season. Uh, sure is, so, baby. Yeah. Well, so that leads us obviously into the major news of this week, and that is, the health of quarterback Zach Kolaris, and he has practiced fully uh, all days of Blue Bombers uh, practice week. So uh, this is what is interesting, though. Brandon Alexander, not injury related, did not practice Monday or Tuesday. He is doubtful to play on uh, Thursday night. If Hmm. he can't go, I would assume, I would presume that it would be Nick Hallett starting at safety. Uh, and Shane Gauthier, uh with a hip injury is questionable for the game, but did practice both days. So that is positive news. And with Zach Kolaris starting, so too is Cody Fajardo. He returns after missing the last two games for the Alouettes. Uh, Montreal head coach Jason Moss confirmed on Tuesday that Fajardo will indeed start, uh, which is big. Um for the Alouettes, obviously, uh, Caleb Evans has been good in relief, but, uh, you know, in, in the end, Zach, they get QB one back and say what you want about Fajardo, say what you want about his record head to head with Winnipeg. He is the best option the Montreal Alouettes have. And look, I, I, I've said it before his 
connection with Jason Moss as the play caller and the designer and all those sorts of things. I understand Anthony Calvillo is the offensive coordinator, but Moss is the main kind of architect of their offensive system. Much different look and feel than Moss and Fajardo and Saskatchewan of years gone by. Yeah, this is interesting. Hey, like Moss, Moss and Fajardo, they were kind of wore, wore the goat horns. They were the scapegoats for last year's performance. And here they are at six and three in a in a division where everyone thought they would be in the basement. And I I think they're a very good team. They're they're red hot right now, and that's with a backup quarterback. And uh what does it say about the riders and their culture and, and some of the <laughs> systems they had, right? That that they couldn't make it work. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, that that's the beauty of the crazy football league, the CFL is that you never know what's going to happen. Um, and that kind of leads us into uh, looking ahead to CFL week 12, right? Um, there, there's some intriguing matchups and well, Zach, you and I have, uh, have done okay. We've done okay. As of late in our picks uh, for SIA.com slash bonfire uh, last week, we went over. You picked Winnipeg yeah. by six, Montreal by two and a half. Neither of those hit. You go from zero to minus four uh, in your units. Uh, I go over two and go from 12 to eight uh, in my units. So we'll see how that shakes out, but uh, hopefully a better week 12 ahead uh, for us at SIA.com slash bonfire. If you sign up there, with that exclusive link, SIA.com slash bonfire, you'll get a nice tidy 100% bonus up to $1,000 in your account uh, that you'll be able to use once uh, your first um, uh, deposit clears. Uh, I think you can deposit as little as 20 bucks uh, and, and, you know, just, just have a little bit of play money um, bumping around to, to see how things uh, shake out in CFL week 12. Uh, you see our Ouch. picks there on the screen, but let's go through them, Zach. You are going to uh, start off the week with uh, the Toronto Argonauts and taking them as 10 and a half point favorites at home against the reeling Stampeders. Yeah, 10 and a half doesn't seem like a ton given the way um, Jake Mayer is playing and, and how opportunistic Toronto's defense is. I think they lead the league in turnovers and interceptions uh, as a group. And I, I just think uh, like, I'm not, I'm not going crazy. I'm just putting two units on it, but I, I think, I think they can cover at home um, as, as sparse as their home crowd can be. Yeah. I mean, they're a good team at BMO. So, yeah. you know, to see the Stampeders coming off uh, a bit of a heartbreaking loss to Winnipeg uh, and Toronto coming off a loss last week as well. They had the bye, but uh, prior to that, uh, coming off a loss, their third by revenge. Week. They'll want revenge yeah. against Calgary, the only team that beat them. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. So uh, you're also taking the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, eight and a half point favorites Thursday night at IG Field, where there will be 30,000 plus in attendance. And this is the final game before the Banjo Bowl, which is already sold out. So we're going to see upwards of 65,000 people go through the turnstiles at IG Field for Winnipeg's next two games. That's awesome. Ooh, love it, man. I, I love the attendance we're getting this year. It it just seems like every game you're getting 28, 29, 30,000. Mm -hmm. You know, even on a Thursday or a Friday in the summer, it's it's just awesome. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, take, I'm taking the Owls, buddy. I think it's going to be a close oh, game. Oh, yeah. Pardon me. 
I'm taking the Owls uh, to cover plus eight and a half to cover. I, I still think the Bombers take it, but I don't think the Owls lose by 14 like last time when the Bombers beat them 17 to three. I, I I think they cover. I think the I think uh, like Fajardo doesn't usually do well in IG field, but uh, I think they just have a strong team and they have lots of weapons. They they play hard. They the, O'Shea said they play. They get after it. They play physical and fast and uh, ferocious. So I, I think it's hard to beat a team twice in the regular season because you you have film, you have tendencies, and and the coaches all know each other and and all those things, right? You make adjustments. So I think it'll be closer. And I'll, but I'm only putting a unit on it because really I just want the Bombers to, you know, beat them by eight and a half or more. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I'm not picking this game, but um, I think Montreal is a team that can come into Winnipeg and beat them. I know Bombers fans don't want to hear that, but this is not the same Blue Bombers team that is just utterly dominant and 10 plus point favorites game in, and game out. I see this number eight and a half. I'm with you, Zach. That's a big number. And to, you know, put a point and a half on top of a converted touchdown uh, as the difference in this game, probably smart money that that you're playing with um, having Montreal to, uh, you know, uh, take those eight and a half points. Um, I think the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are going to be solely focused on playing a more complete and physical game than they did last week against Calgary. They just were not sharp. I don't think the offensive line and the offense as a whole played particularly well overall. And that's not just a Drew Brown thing. That is an O-line thing. That is a receiver thing. That is a running game thing. Um, Brady Oliveira had over 70 yards rushing in the first half and then got one rushing attempt, I think late in the third quarter, um, you know, he finished with 80 yards on the ground. So, uh, whether it was something Calgary did or Winnipeg going away from it, Michael Shea asked about it, uh, following practice this week. And, you know, he's, he's always going to keep his cards close to his vest, but my, you know, my belief is, is that the Calgary Stampeders just said, Drew Brown or Brady Oliveira, we'll take Drew Brown. And they did not want to uh, encourage, they did everything they could to discourage Winnipeg from running the football. So they left, um, you know, that they ensured that the the run game was uh, covered and that uh, maybe, you know, uh, the pass game was a little bit more open for Drew Brown to, to try to beat him with his arm. But um, overall, Winnipeg needs to be a lot better than they were last week against Calgary, or we could see Montreal win another game. Uh, and Hey, they, they've come into Winnipeg and, and beat them at IG field before could happen again. Well, they did last year in that infamous uh, Legio hijinks game where he hmm. duffed the game winning field goal and didn't even get a single to win the game. So I, yeah. I, I know nobody will forget that game where Montreal goes on to beat us 20 to 17, robbing us of a, of a 10 and 0 start. Uh, yeah. Still sticks in my craw, buddy. Yeah, no, I understand. I understand that. Uh, so then uh, Saturday, the Hamilton Tiger Cats in BC to take on the Lions, a big number here, 10 and a half points. And I am going to take BC to cover. Hamilton is in dire straits right now. Maybe an indoor facility will help Mark Leggio straighten things out. He was frankly bad uh, for the Ticats last week in their loss. Um, but BC is also coming off a loss in Regina, a return home. 
they're relatively healthy, and they know they have to keep pace in uh, a very competitive, uh, you know, race for first in the West. Um, I just think that, you know, even if Legio is better, the Ticats have had a lot of trouble getting the ball downfield, getting the ball into their receivers' hands, and they've had trouble getting into the end zone. So having to rely on, you know, a struggling kicker, frankly, he is struggling right now in Mark Leggio, um, has the Hamilton Tiger Cats in a bit of uh, dire straits. I've got BC to cover that big number of 10 and a half on Saturday. And then things wrap up on Sunday. There is still no line on this game. You know what? I'm going to refresh the page. Um, oh gosh. Happened to me again. <laughs> What's going on? Premature. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I'll I'll refresh the page. Yeah, still no line on this game, but I am going to take uh, the Ottawa Red Blacks. I'll put one. You take Ottawa, on. eh? Yeah, I'm going to take Ottawa. I don't think Edmonton gets their their first win at home. Trey Ford, hey, great game, great individual performance, good performance from the Edmonton Elks overall. But I don't think they're going to be able to string together two wins in a row. I feel for the fans in Edmonton, but I just think Ottawa, um, you know, coming off a, a last second loss to the Montreal Alouettes, um, they're going to, to, uh, you know, find a way to, to get it done in Edmonton because they are a better team than the Edmonton Elks until I'm proven otherwise, until I'm shown otherwise on a little bit more of a consistent basis, uh, than just one win. Yeah. For Edmonton. Just the one against, against the hapless Tiger Cats, eh, buddy? Yeah. yeah. The hapless so, Tiger Cats. Those aren't uh, my Tiger Cats of last year. I kept picking no, them over and over. No, your favorite, again. your favorite team. Someone was asking what right. your lid is tonight. What do you, what are you wearing oh, there, buddy? It's, it's a. I guess it's a brand, but it's just a no, no sports team, no sports team. See back mm. there, I got the Sea Bears hat, and up there I got the Bonfire hat. I got the Winnipeg Sports Talk hat up there. Yeah. So I want to give you know all of those things a little bit of visual. So here Dude, I am wearing like. We're playing the Alouettes this week, and you wear a freaking maroon hat. What is wrong with you? You're the one wearing the red jacket after the Stampeders game. That was actual game day. <laughs> I, I know, and I'm still wearing the red jacket now. I realize I left it down here, and I was cold there you in my go. basement. We got to get I'm you wearing, some But it's not maroon. Gear. It's not maroon. Get you. It's blood red. We got to get you some bonfire gear. So for everybody out there, and I will apologize. I'm learning right now that the stream isn't going live to Facebook. So I sure hope that uh, everybody that normally watches live on Facebook finds their way to YouTube uh, or checks out the podcast. Uh, for everybody out there that is, be sure to give a thumbs up. Uh, leave a review in your podcast app. You can do that. Uh, but maybe most importantly, tell your friends. Let them know about Bonfire Sports, pregame, postgame, every game, and then Bonfire Midweek uh, with yours truly and Zach Schnitzer. Uh, every single week uh, here throughout the CFL season. We have hockey coverage coming, particularly the Winnipeg Jets this winter. So, uh, hey, the, the regular season, uh, or sorry, the preseason begins in, in just about a month. So we're yeah. already gearing up here uh, on Bonfire for uh, a little bit of uh, uh, talk on the ice uh, as well as the football field. So it'll be a busy stretch of time. Uh, as the Blue Bombers, I'm sure many people hoping that uh, they make an appearance in the 110th Grey Cup in Hamilton uh, in late November. But we'll have Jets hockey, Bombers football, uh, you know, CFL football coverage uh, all the way through. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It will be. Hey, listen, before we go, I got to ask you, are you concerned about our kick and punt coverage? Because I am. 
it's uh we're we're at the bottom now like the more the more probably informative stat is a fen- of, um opponent field average start of field position right which is we're kind of in the middle of the pack but we're we're letting other teams return big ones on us like Tommy Lee Lewis had three kick returns for 91 yards like 30 yards of return I think he was averaging 18 yards of return on punts and I, I hate to say it, but Greg McRae just isn't getting it done. Like he had a seven yards of return last game. So I'm a little concerned about our return and also our, our coverage. And I know, uh, I know Mike Miller, the killer isn't there. So maybe, maybe that uh, plays a big role, but yeah, what's going on. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say I'm concerned, but I think, you know, the Winnipeg blue bombers are aware of, you know, the mediocrity that they've had as of late in the return game or, or pardon me in the, in the kick cover game uh, knowing that Janarian Grant is still out and no update on his status, no update on Mike Miller's status uh, as of right now, which, you know, I understand is, is disconcerting for Bombers fans. Uh, getting Mike Miller back would be huge for the cover teams. As Mike O'Shea puts it, he is the best to ever do it. Um, yeah. All time special teams tackle leader in CFL history. And, Getting Janarian Grant back for the return game will be a help. But, you know, one player on each side of the football, whether it's cover teams or return teams, uh, should not be the difference between a solid unit and a poor unit. So, uh, you know, uh, Winnipeg knows. We'll see if they'll be able to fix it. Tommy Lee Lewis, he is bound to break one eventually. Uh, This league is littered with talented kick returners. We've seen it. Uh, week after week, uh, guys with either big returns or returns for scores. Uh, so it's not just Winnipeg struggling. Uh, teams are returning well this year. Well, in, in the coaches show I was listening today, O'Shea said that they're trying out a new system uh, for kick coverage this year. Uh, so it's taking a while to sort of uh, take effect. I wonder what it, I would, I would have loved to have asked him was why are they trying out a new system? Like, why would you try out a new system after six, seven years um, where guys are comfortable with a certain system? Was it, is it I think you just personnel? answered your own question because you talk about the more film you have on somebody, the more yeah, prepared you'll so. be for them. Right. Yeah. So I think in football, you have to kind of continually be evolving. You have to continually yeah. be uh, adjusting and changing things because if you just put out what the opponent is expecting, they're going to find ways to beat that. So, you know, uh, th- that's why they always kind of say, you know, like add a wrinkle, throw a wrench in. Uh, that's mm-hmm. what keeps opponents on their toes. So, you know, a new system may be a good thing because, uh, you know, Winnipeg has been dominant in specialties for a long time. If you think about it, if one team is dominant, they are going to like coaches are going to study both how they can do something similar that will work and also how to stop it. Right. There's both sides of that. So uh, when you are one of the best at special teams year after year after year, those are the systems. Those are the uh, the pieces of film that coaches league wide are going to be combing through all winter, really. Yeah. And, and waiters makes a good point. Maybe it has something also to do with Jamison Sheehan. The, maybe the way he, he punts the ball is a little different. I don't know. I don't know. He does kick it differently. Yeah. Yeah. His his does. net punting isn't, he's in the bottom third. But um, again, it's about where the other team starts in terms of field position that I think really matters. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the the elks the elks are always for some reason they're always kicking short ones on kickoffs. Like I don't get that one. So the other teams are always getting to start in like the 45, 50 yard line. Yeah. They must have metrics to suggest that's a better, better thing to be doing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't look at that, at those numbers. I, I just kind of look at the, you know, traditional football uh, strategy to it. And for me, you know, like I had a fellow media member ask me at practice this week about Jamison Sheehan and why it's him over uh, the other punter that they have on, on the practice roster. Oh, yeah. Give me. Do I, I totally forget his name too. <laughs> I got it here. I got it here. It is. Uh... Oh, Carl Schmitz. Carl Schmitz from Bermuda. Yeah. The Schnitz and the Schmitz. The Schmitz. Uh, yeah. And, and you know why it's Jam Sheehan and not Schmitz. And I, I think for, for Jamison Sheehan, he just has more tools in the tool belt, right? He puts different spin on kicks. I, I think they just want him to, you know, he's the one with maybe the higher ceiling. You let yeah. him work through things in different stadiums, in different games, in different weather conditions. And hopefully he is at a more optimal level come the end of the season. But they do have another guy there if they, if they feel a, a change is warranted. Uh, I don't think uh, Jam Sheehan's kicking has, has been a particular issue. That, that's no, and, and I notice every game he's got one that's just a beauty, like goes out at the five-yard line or the eight-yard line. So the... The, the, the talent is there. He just maybe needs to be a little more consistent. Remember, don't hit the like button. Don't listen to James in the peg. Thumbs up, Pyros. Don't do it. I'm telling you guys. Of course you want to hit that. Be sure to do that. Uh, we'll remind everybody, as I did uh, a little bit earlier, um, game day Winnipeg will be on Thursday morning, not Wednesday at 3 o'clock as we always do. The day before the game, live at three o'clock. This week, special because Chris Welby has some commitments uh, with some charity that uh, he is doing. Um, we will do it Thursday morning, live as always here on the channel. And uh, really looking forward to that. We're going to hear from uh, Mike O'Shea. Uh, he had some uh, comments this week uh, about some of the real impact players on the Montreal Alouettes. And he also had an interesting comment uh, about Mike Miller. Uh, that I kind of alluded to uh, a few minutes ago. So th- that's going to be mm. uh, a lot of fun. And then, of course, Zach, you're going to join me late Thursday night and we'll get things, yes, uh, you know, simmering on After Dark. Oh, man, I can't wait to be at a home game again, buddy. It's been too long. Was it three weeks ago now? Yeah. Yeah, nearly. That's too long. Is that right? That, was, that was the BC game. We eviscerated BC three weeks yeah. ago. Um, so, yeah, with two. The 50 we, burger. The 50 burger. So we yeah. went two and zero on, uh, in Alberta. Um, listen, I, I, should we take down that giant hot dog? Yeah. I'm thinking of preparing myself like as of now for you and yeah, I just, to dive into that yard yourself. dog, that monster. I'm going to get dog. to the game a bit early so we could potentially do it. Well, this is what I want. Are you buying? Yeah, I'll buy it. It's 45 bucks. I'll, I'll buy it. <laughs> Man, I have to take out a loan. No, that'll it's be a fun. big dog. It is a huge dog, man. That's a that's a mastiff. That's a, you're a Burmese dog, mountain dog. I'm a big dog. I'm yeah, a big you dog, are the big buddy. dog. You're the big dog, dog here on on Oof. Bonfire Sports. Uh, 
Hey, you know what? Th this was a lot of fun. Uh, if anybody joined us late and you missed Drew Walitarski, yeah, you can go back and watch. You can uh, check it out anytime. Really, uh, the beauty of, uh, of of Bonfire Sports is that you can watch it when you want on demand. Uh, and if you're watching, get to your uh, podcast app and you can download the podcast or at least subscribe to the podcast, and then it'll be there. You know, you could set it up so it just kind of like downloads automatically the last two episodes uh, or, or whatever you want it set to. Uh, and then if you're in a pinch, there it is in your pocket whenever you want it uh, on your smartphone, your computer, your uh, smart TV, whatever it might be. But uh, yeah, 30,000 plus on, on Thursday, uh, cross conference rivalry game against the Montreal Alouettes. This is going to be a good one, Zach. I, I can't wait. I may even get to see my friend Tamara in gate three. Uh, volunteer extraordinaire Tamara, I see on the chat there. I'll try. I'll try. I might, but after I eat that dog, I might not be able to walk. Someone might what? have to wheel me over there. You you won't be doing the stair run, is what you're saying? <laughs> no, I don't. If I do it, I got to bring my knee brace. I got to. I keep forgetting to bring that darn knee brace to games because <laughs> uh, it's it's not good for my knee. But uh, we'll see. I hope I get to do a stair climb. Hey, great to see you. It's your boy, Bruce, uh, and everybody yes. in the live chat tonight. Thanks so much for joining us. Final word, as always, to you, Schnitzi. Sayonara, everybody.